This is 88.5 WFDD, Public Radio for the Piedmont. I'm David Ford. The U.S. Constitution makes it clear race cannot factor into the process of jury selection for criminal trials. But a new statewide study on juror removal shows that colorblind ideal is far from being realized in the Tar Heel State. The Jury Sunshine Project is led by Wake Forest University professor of law Ron Wright. He tells me that the winnowing of non-white jurors is not a quirk of just one state, but this broad-based research effort confirms its existence in North Carolina for the very first time. Here's how jury selection is supposed to work. The judge asks 12 potential jurors some basic questions. Can you do your duty? Are you related to any of the parties? And may then remove some jurors for legal cause. Then, Wright says, the prosecutor and defense attorneys take their turns asking questions. And the prosecutor gets six what are called peremptory strikes or unexplained strikes. You don't have to have a reason just for any reason or no reason, except for a couple of bad reasons. Uh, But for any reason or no reason the prosecutor and the defense attorney can remove up to six people from the panel and then they're replaced with somebody else. What are a couple of the bad reasons? So the bad reasons are race and gender. The Constitution says that you can't remove somebody because of their race or because of their gender. So you can remove people from the same race, but that can't be the reason you're removing them. Wright says the project was eye-opening for him and his colleagues almost immediately. It is amazing how much you can see by looking at the overall aggregate patterns rather than just looking at things one case at a time. And the whole legal system is set up to evaluate one case at a time, and that's important. But you miss so much by just focusing on one and then moving on to the next and then moving on to the next, and you don't end up seeing the, the larger patterns between the cases. Given the importance of our legal system, one would think that decades of constitutional abuses within it would have been chronicled long ago. One major hurdle? Data collecting, says Ron Wright. Yeah, we had to hit the road. I mean, we had to drive to all 100 county courthouses in the state of North Carolina. So I drove to some of them. My colleagues, uh, Cami and Gregory, drove to some of them. Uh, Wake Forest College students drove to some of them for us. Wake Forest law students drove to some. Librarians in the law library put the convertible top down and went on the road for jury data. So it was a big, you know, uh, statewide collection process. The data collection process took three years, beginning in 2012. They wound up with more than 1,300 different trials in their database, roughly 30,000 jurors from the year 2011. And among the data, any surprises? Uh, Well, some of what we saw just confirmed sort of common wisdom. But that's an important part of empirical research is to find out, is that thing everybody believes true, really true? What is that common wisdom? What was that uh, the the trend as going into this, your, your hypothesis that's been borne out? We thought that probably the judges and the prosecutors and the defense attorneys would roughly equally remove people from the jury, and that turned out to be almost true. The defense attorneys are somewhat more active than the judges or the prosecutors. But then we also thought that both parties, both the prosecutor and the defense attorney, would remove people based on race. They can't acknowledge that that's what's going on, but we thought there would be a racial impact, a racial effect of the removal process, and that turned out to be true. Recap for me the reasoning behind, if you're a prosecutor, why would you seek out a person of a certain race in this circumstance? Well, I mean, you're looking for a jury who will, you know, see the case the way you do and be sympathetic to the case. And in some cases, the person who is most skeptical of the state and of the police and of the prosecution's case will be someone who's had bad experiences or knows people who've had bad experiences. 
Uh, and so prosecutors are looking for jurors, you know, who are sympathetic to the collection of the evidence and the way that the prosecutors see in the case. Break down the, the numbers for us. Why was it uh, compelling? At the start of the process, judges knocked out uh, the jurors for cause, and they were a little bit more likely to knock out black jurors than white jurors. And then the prosecutor tends to remove, just on average across all the cases, about 20% of the available African-American jurors who come before them, compared to removal of about 10% of the available white jurors who come before them. So the, the rate is about double. And then if you go to the defense side, you flip it. And so for the defense attorneys, they tend to remove about 22% of the white jurors who are available to them for removal after everybody else has already done their thing. Mm. Uh, and they remove about 10%, 9 to 10% of the uh, African-American jurors who are available to them in that reduced pool. So the novice, the outside looking in would say it balances out. So everything is fair. And uh, so what's the problem? In real rough terms, it does balance out. But it turns out at the end of the day that African-American male jurors are the ones who end up underrepresented on the jury pools. The defense attorney choices don't quite cancel out the earlier choices in the process because they're operating on a smaller pool. You know, they only get to make their choices after the judge and the prosecutor are satisfied with the 12 that are in the box. And so they're operating on a fewer number of jurors. 